You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All of you Foxborough faithful, you are now locked in to the Locked On Patriots podcast, and it's time to get you ready for game day here on your daily home for news notes and analysis, infused with the occasional opinion on your six-time Super Bowl champions, the New England Patriots. Locked On Patriots is presented by Pepsi, made for football watching. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Patriots Nation, thank football in Foxborough. It's Friday, and here on the pod today, we'll be taking a purely Patriots perspective to break down this Week 3 matchup between your New England Patriots and the visiting Las Vegas Raiders this Sunday, September 27th, 1 p.m., Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. My name is Mike DeBate, your host of the Locked On Patriots podcast, which, of course, is a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And that very phrase, your team every day, means that your questions, comments, feedback, always appreciated and strongly encouraged. Feel free to share that feedback anytime by reaching out to me and following me on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-F-P-C. And while you're out there giving that weekend nod and saying, how you doing to the Twitterverse, please be sure to follow the Locked On Patriots account as well at L-O underscore Patriots. Folks, it is almost game day here in week three of the 2020 NFL season, and the silver and black are headed to Foxborough. The Las Vegas Raiders heading to town, sporting a 2-0 record, having won two close games, including their most recent on Monday Night Football, 34-24 victory over the New Orleans Saints. Your New England Patriots, on the other hand, sit at 1-1, an impressive victory over the Miami Dolphins in week one, tough loss to the Seattle Seahawks in week two, but a lot of optimism coming from that loss, and Patriots Nation collectively sees a lot more positive in this team than negative right now. The fact that this one is going to be taking place at Gillette works to the Patriots' advantage. They have an 11-5-1 record at home in Foxborough against the Raiders organization, whether that be in Oakland, Los Angeles, or now in Las Vegas. As head coach of the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick holds a 6-1 record against the Raiders, and of course the most recent piece of history between these two franchises also falls on the side of the Patriots. These two teams last facing off in 2017, a game that took place in Mexico City, in which the Patriots cruised to a 33-8 victory. But as I said yesterday here on the pod, that was then and this is now. This Raiders team is capable of beating you on both sides of the ball, a potentially explosive offense and a young but capable defense that is much better at making plays than they get credit for. But that's not to say that your New England Patriots are coming into this one ill-prepared or ill-equipped, folks. The Patriots have a pretty talented team on both sides of the ball as well. Offensively, led by quarterback Cam Newton. Not only have Cam's abilities changed the complexity of this offense, but he is playing at an elite level, and it's showing on the field. On the defensive side of the ball, the Patriots still boast one of the best secondaries in the league, led by cornerback Stephon Gilmore. 
and the prowess that both of these teams share on both sides of the ball should make for some pretty interesting matchups and some pretty interesting questions heading into this game. For example, what defensive adjustments will the Patriots make to help control the Raiders' running game? Las Vegas boasts one of the best runners in the league in Josh Jacobs. Can the Patriots make the necessary improvements in the front seven to be able to contain Jacobs and stop letting up big yardage on the ground? Will their best defensive player, cornerback Stephon Gilmore, be charged with trying to shut down the Raiders' best offensive player? And that's tight end Darren Waller. Waller has been Derek Carr's most potent offensive weapon. Will that continue this week? Can he be stopped? And if so, will it be Gilmore who stops him? Or will it be a combination of Kyle Duggar and Jawan Williams? On the offensive side of the ball, which strategy will the Patriots employ? Will we continue to see Cam Newton showcase his passing prowess? Or will we see a return of the New England Transit Authority? Meaning that the Patriots utilize the downhill running game and try to keep the Raiders' offense off the field. Well, to be honest, folks, a lot of this depends on what personnel we see take that field both for the Raiders and the New England Patriots. And if some of the key players on both sides are unable to suit up in this game, that may change the game planning strategy for both teams. And here today to help me take a deeper dive into how that strategy might be affected from a Patriots perspective is Alex Barth of 985thesportshub.com. And Alex is one of the best in the business when it comes to Patriots coverage. Every time he provides news notes and analysis on the Pats, you can count on it being honest, direct, and accurate. As always, it's my honor to welcome Alex here to Locked On Patriots, an action-packed agenda on tap for all of you. So sit back, settle in, as Alex Barth and I get you ready for this Sunday showdown in Foxborough. And, of course, keep a sharp ear to the conclusion of today's show. I'll be providing my final preview thoughts on this game, along with my prediction. All this, including a look at the potential walking wounded for both teams when the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. But first, Locked On listeners help support your local businesses. Whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops, local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. They remember your order, they call you by name, and they're always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support, so let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, help your team score and choose to shop at local businesses. And while you're there, look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. Folks, it is hard to believe that we are already in week three of the 2020 NFL season. So much exciting football already taking place and so much still to come. So this season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, the crazy catches, the wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. Patriots fans, game day is almost here. Your New England Patriots take on the Las Vegas Raiders 
at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. And today, to help me break it all down for you, is among the best in the business at blending professionalism with a bit of hometown flavor mixed in. You know his amazing audio, video, and written work covering the New England Patriots and all things Boston sports for 98.5thesportshub.com. It is my honor to be joined today by Alex Barth. Alex, welcome back to the Locked On Patriots podcast. How's it going, Mike? It's going great, and uh, we're in week three of the NFL season. Always, always good to say that, especially considering the last time we talked, where it was always wonder whether or not the season was going to kick off. But here in week three, hosting a home game, hopefully we'll get fans back in Gillette soon rather than later. But you know what? We live in hope, and we live in the hope of everyone staying safe, and that's the most important thing. But, Alex, the Raiders come into Foxborough sporting a 2-0 record. Uh, They're riding the wave of a pretty big win over the New Orleans Saints on Monday night. And a lot has been made about the offensive weapons that Las Vegas has in their arsenal. And we will talk about Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, and Derek Carr in just a bit, folks. But the big news out of Patriots camp this week is the hand injury to center David Andrews. David hasn't participated in practice this week. He was present on the field uh, yesterday sporting a pretty large wrap on his right hand. His thumb went down, covered his wrist. We're waiting on the official word, but it's not looking good right now for David at this point to go in this one, which means that the Patriots have a dilemma. Who takes the spot of the center and team captain? Ted Karras had that duty last year. His talents have gone to South Beach now, Uh, but the Patriots do have some options here, whether it be reserve lineman Yelda Froholt, the recently re-signed practice squatter James Ferentz, or maybe even moving Joe Tooney to the center spot as well. Alex, you had a brilliant piece on this subject on 98.5thesportshub.com earlier. In your opinion, if David can't go on Sunday, who gets the nod here and why? I think he's going to go ultimately because the dude just doesn't miss games. He's a captain. Cam called him a warrior yesterday, and he's going to play. How well he plays is a better question. If he doesn't go... I do think we see Ferentz elevated from the practice squad just because I, I still think Broholt is too raw. Belichick talked about it this morning, and he didn't sound super confident that Broholt could handle it. Ferentz did start a game for the Patriots last year. He didn't play great, but they got through the game against the Chiefs, the game they probably should have won. So I would think it, it's going to be Ferentz. If we see Ferentz recalled either today or tomorrow, that's a sign to me that Andrews can't go, but I don't think they move Tooney. Bill talked about this in the past. When you move a player out of position to fill in for somebody, you now are starting two backups instead of one because Tooney is a backup center in that scenario, and then you would have whoever, whether it's Froholt or Onwenu, filling in for Tooney. You also lose that six-lineman set with Mike Onwenu if he's your starting left guard, you, you either run that with Justin Heron or you don't run it, and then you have three backups in. So I think it is Ferentz if they go with a backup, but I think Tooney's going to play. Yeah, and I kind of agree with you on the uh, uh, the logic about David Andrews not being uh, willing to sit or really having a difficult situation keeping him down. He really is a warrior, and the fact that he's out there on the field at all after what he went through last year goes to show you the dedication that he has to this team. Cam Newton has taken to him, and you see the difference in the offensive line, and they're playing so much more cohesively, I think, with David in the lineup without question. I agree with you on Ference. I think if for any reason he can't go, I think you go 
well with the experience there. Froholt does have some flashes, but he is still very green in terms of what he's able to do. Hasn't taken an NFL snap, so you really have to wonder whether or not they would be you know, uh, uh, really uh, comfortable enough to be able to uh, hand the keys to the kingdom at that point to him and say, go for it. So I do agree with you on that. And I all agree that Tooney wouldn't be moving over. Belichick has said several times uh, about moving healthy players, especially over taking them out of position. Uh, it would also mess up, I think, a little bit of the um, continuity that James, that uh, Jermaine Illuminor has uh, put forth as well. So Hopefully you're okay, you're right on this, and uh, I I believe that uh, we live in hope when it comes to David Andrews because he's been a breath of fresh air in that offensive line. Staying on the offensive side of the ball for a moment, Alex, Cam Newton has added a versatility to this offense that makes it a bit more interesting for opposing teams to defend, especially the emergence of a ground attack from the quarterback position. Now, conventional wisdom says that the Pats might look to run the ball against the Raiders. After all. Las Vegas is allowing 4.9 yards per rush. And although it's early, uh, that was the case in 2019 as well, folks. The Raiders have had difficulty defending against the run. But outside of Cam Newton, Patriots runners haven't had a great deal of success thus far. They've had flashes. I think Rex Arquette has been relatively solid, but nobody's jumping off the page at this point. Newton, on the other hand, can show that he can still light up an overmatch secondary his performance in the fourth quarter in Seattle, I think, proved that. This guy can throw the football, throw it effectively, and lead his team downfield. He did rely heavily on Julian. There's no question about that. But he mixed in some effective completions to Nikhil Harry and even Damir Bird. The Raiders' secondary is still developing, but they've struggled in the early going as well. Alex, when you look at an offensive strategy for the New England Patriots this weekend, what poison do you think they're going to choose or pick when it comes to attacking the Raiders' defense? Do they go at the run, or do they try to beat this team through the air? So to go back to what we just talked about, I think some of it depends on Andrews and his availability and how healthy he is. And I wrote about this on my column, in that column you referenced, that depending on how Andrew's hand is wrapped and how he's feeling, they may be limited in how much they can run the shotgun, right? They Andrew's injured that hand during the Sunday night game against Seattle. And if you look until they got into the fourth quarter, like late in the fourth quarter, when they were chasing the lead, their rate of shotgun usage actually decreased throughout the game. They went more under center. So if that's the case, if Andrew's plays and they, and they don't feel confident with him handling a ton of shotgun snaps, that would indicate a more run-heavy attack, and that would lead to a heavy usage of play action. So I, I am inclined to think that you may see more downhill running from them this week. The other thing, the flip side of that is, as good as the play action's been, if they have to go under center because of Andrews, that essentially eliminates the read option or it severely limits how much you can use it because you can't run those plays under center. You have to do that. Very good point. You know, it's question to answer people think oh it's just the center it's just alignment it's a tough question to answer because we don't know where david andrews is right now i think if if they were an ideal situation as rough as, as the defending the run has been for the raiders i actually think they have a pretty good defensive front that's just been overmatched i think that the way to beat them if you're the patriots is to attack the secondary and come out in the gun and spread it out and pick your way down the field i don't know if that's realistic with david andrews this week that might not be an option or it might be it might not be something that they can lean on heavily that they have to pick their spots when they use it. So in a perfect world, I, th I think they would pass the ball more. But if Andrews is going to play and he's going to be banged up, I think you see a lot of traditional downhill running mixed in with some play action. 
Yeah, agreed. 100% agreed. And I'm glad you made the point about the Raiders front not being as abysmal as some people may like it to believe. There are playmakers on that front. Malik Collins, Jonathan Hankins, Clellan Farrell, obviously. Uh, they're going to have their hands full with the Patriots offensive line. But if Andrews is not 100% or if for any reason he doesn't go, that does change the complexity a lot. And that may limit the Patriots pension to be able to throw the ball. And then you may see the downhill running game. So again, great insight. And you did outline that very well in your column, which folks, I can't uh, recommend highly enough. One of the better pieces that you'll read heading into this game on Sunday. Alex, we've talked a lot about the Patriots' potential plan of attack on offense, but this one might come down to New England's ability to keep the Raiders' offensive attack in check. In just a moment, Alex Barth and I will discuss the Patriots' defensive strategy and where the rookies might play a large part in that plan. We tackle these very subjects when the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. Locked On listeners, today's Crossover Thursday episode is brought to you in part by MyBookie. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code LOCKEDON and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Your winning season begins today, only at MyBookie. Pats fans, once again, I am joined by Alex Barth of 985thesportshub.com. And Alex, the Patriots defense has taken a bit of a PR hit week, uh, whether it be their ability to stop the run in Seattle or the coverage of the secondary. We've heard some derogatory reviews from the fan base. I think that's a bit unfair, especially when it comes to the secondary. I think they ran into a very good quarterback in Russell Wilson and maybe a little bit of lack of physicality that hurt them at times. But we'll get into the secondary in just a moment. One area where the Patriots did struggle last week was the run defense, uh, surrendering 154 yards on the ground of the Seahawks. Their task doesn't get much easier this week with Josh Jacobs coming to town, one of the better and more formidable runners in the NFL. I've been saying all week that the key to the Patriots trying to contain the run is going to be focusing on two areas. Setting the edge, which Bill Belichick has said several times, if you don't set the edge well, you're not going to be able to contain the run. And also getting some help in the middle of the field. At times, Juwan Bentley looked like he was trying to cover wide receivers in the low area, maybe get after um, Russell Wilson. That really isn't his job. It's not where he's most effective. And I think the Patriots need to be able to stop that running up the gut that seemed to hurt them against Seattle. Where do you believe is the best area for the Patriots to focus if they're going to try to limit what Josh Jacobs can do on the ground in this uh, Las Vegas offense? I, I think the key to stopping Jacobs is really just you got to bring him down at the point of contact. He's second in the league in yards after contact, and you don't want him getting into the second level. And that was the Patriots' problem last week, like you mentioned. is, and, and it's kind of how the Patriots' defense is designed. They use their defensive linemen in a way like offensive linemen to clear room for the linebackers to get in the backfield. When you only have one true linebacker on the field, though, that doesn't really work. So I think they've got to come, they, they just have to, it's got to be gang tackling. That's what they have to focus on this week. And they didn't do a great job of it last week. And some of it was Seattle. They schemed it brilliantly and got these Patriots defenders in one on one situations with guys who are good in a phone booth. The Patriots have to swarm to the ball this week. They did a great job of it in week one. They have to swarm to the ball this week, and they can't give Josh Jacobs second opportunities because he's going to make the most of those. Absolutely, and it will mean an increased role and probably an increased focus on the interior of that defensive line as well to help stop the run and help contain Josh Jacobs, but it won't be an easy task, and we all know that. Lastly, but certainly not least, my friend, 
And uh, the question on everybody's mind this week is, how do you solve a problem like Darren Waller? Uh, he's been phenomenal through the first two games of the Las Vegas Raiders season and really was one of their most reliable receivers last year at the tight end position. Bill Belichick has said uh, several times this week that we haven't seen a player like this in quite some time, really talking up the opposition, but he means it when it comes to Waller. He's been a very tough uh, you know, uh, person to defend for opposing defenses. Again, conventional wisdom, Alex, says that Stephon Gilmore is probably going to draw the coverage. Bill Belichick usually likes to take away what you do best with the best that he has to offer. I think that Gilmore's usage is going to be more on early downs against wide receiver Henry Ruggs, try to take away some of the speed that he brings to the table, and he may flex to Waller on third down. That may mean that some of the coverage that's provided against Waller might be from a, a rookie and a second-year uh, you know, player. Maybe Kyle Duggar gets his opportunity to get some licks in on Darren Waller. Maybe it's Juwan Williams playing that hybrid safety coming up and trying to defend against a very prolific tight end. What's the best way for the Patriots to stop the aerial attack? Is it really about just stopping Derek Carr to Darren Waller, or are there a number of other weapons that he can utilize, whether it be a guy like Henry Ruggs or maybe a guy like Zay Jones? Um, how is he going to? Def how are the Patriots going to defend against this aerial attack by the Las Vegas Raiders? So what makes it so tricky is they have a ton of speed on the field between Waller and Jones, and we'll see what the deal is with Ruggs. I know he's been banged up this week, but they want, they love to line Waller up in line. And John Gruden told us this week that. You know, oh, they can they can cover him if they can find him. We're going to move him all over the formation, but they're going to line him up in line because that's what they do so well because what that forces the defense to do is if you want to put a cornerback on Darren Waller, you're also going to have a cornerback setting the edge in the run game for you defensively, which is not what you want. Stephon Gilmore, obviously, defensive player of the year, outstanding player. If I have to list the Patriots' defensive players who I want setting the edge against the run, especially against Josh Jacobs, He's not going to be on the top half of my list. So the Patriots, you kind of need size in the box there. And that's where a guy like Juwan Williams is interesting. That's where a guy like Kyle Duggar's interesting. I actually went back and looked at how they defended Mike Gesicki against the Dolphins because Gesicki, or Waller's obviously a much better player than Gesicki, but it's that same mold. Every once in a while you hear Bill Belichick talk about a tight end in terms of we defend this guy like he's a wide receiver when they – we're playing the Dolphins, he kept saying, we have to defend four wide receiver formations when Gesicki's on the field. I think Waller in some ways fits into that category. So if you look at that Miami game as a blueprint, you had 20 snaps from Jawan Williams covering Gesicki. Terrence Brooks had the second most at four. They also used Adrian Phillips a little bit. So a guy like Brooks or Phillips, who's a little bit bigger, who's going to help you more in the run game, who you don't have to worry about as much, putting in the box, I think that's an attractive option on first and second down, along with Williams. When you get into more obvious passing situations, yes, I think you see uh, Williams still certainly. I think Stephon Gilmore could get some run there. I also think, depending on what happens with Henry Ruggs, like I just said, he's been banged up. I wonder if you see J.C. Jackson, because he's got that length. He's got that quickness. He's the ideal man to cover Ruggs if Ruggs is going to be a heavy part of the game plan. But if he's only playing – 10, 15 snaps this week, right, then you can use J.C. Jackson elsewhere, and I wonder if he's somebody that they look at to handle Waller. So I think it's going to be by committee. I think they're going to throw Waller a number of different looks. That's the best way to do it. And I, But I do think that you, when you talk about covering Waller, 
I'm sorry I'm distracting here. I'll tell you in a minute. I think that when you look at covering Waller, you have to think about the running game as well, especially in the first, especially on first and second down. And that's where a bigger guy like Phillips and Brooks comes in. And I don't want to break news on your pre-recorded podcast here, but uh, Jake Glazer's reporting David Andrews is likely out this week. So I don't know if you want to go back and recover what we did at the beginning, but that just came across. So there's that. Well, there you have it, folks. And Alex, I thank you for sharing that with us. Once again, folks, per Jay Glazer of Fox Sports, Patriots center David Andrews likely out with a hand injury on Sunday. And although it's yet to be confirmed, definite tough news for the New England Patriots. And Alex, I thought you covered this quite well earlier. I think it means the Patriots now look to either James Ferentz or possibly Yelda Froholt to step in. I agree with you. I think that Ferentz likely gets the nod here because of the experience that he has. It wouldn't shock me to see Froholt in there. He's a pretty athletic run blocker. He's got the quickness, the balance, and that lateral mobility that he might need to succeed as a potential backup Patriots center, especially if it looks like David's going to be out beyond Sunday. At this point, we're hoping this is only going to be a one-week thing, and that's why I agree with you that Ferentz likely gets the nod, simply because I think the Patriots will want to try to plug David back into the lineup as soon as he's ready. If it looks like he might be out beyond that, and again, folks, we don't know that at this point, then I think you might see Froholt get a look. Even though we saw him give ground a lot at the initial point in contact, whether it be in last year's training camp or this year, I still think that once he's anchored, he can definitely provide some stability there. Earlier, Alex, you mentioned that this may change the Patriots' strategy to utilize the aerial attack a little bit less, maybe go to that downhill running game. I think you're definitely on to something. Although if Froholt does play, one of the biggest strengths that he had when he was at Arkansas was staying in front of his assignments when it comes to pass protection. It's something to keep an eye on there, but ultimately, this is not good news any way you slice it for the New England Patriots. As you pointed out, David Andrews is a warrior. Cam Newton called him such this week, and it's not going to be easy for the Patriots' offensive line to duplicate what he can bring to the table. So, a little breaking news here today on Locked On Patriots. I guess, like you said, you could call it breaking news here on a pre-recorded podcast. That's a joke I like using on, on, on my podcast, the Column Podcast. We have a, a running joke that news always breaks either right when we're done or right after we finish recording. So we use the running joke of, of breaking news on the pre-recorded show. So there you go. Absolutely. Mike DeBate, Alex Barth, breaking news here for you today on Locked on Patriots. And uh, you know what? It's actually pretty good. I'm missing that uh, that breaking news music. I would love to be able to put something in there that would, uh, you know, really kind of make it pop. But uh, ultimately, folks, there you have it. It looks like David Andrews will be out for this game on Sunday. And that may mean some offensive adjustments. And Alex Barth has definitely outlined those very well. Check out his work. I absolutely encourage you to do so especially now but always do for the benefit of our new listeners alex please let our listeners know where they can find you where they can always find your great work not just when it comes to the patriots but all of boston sports because you do such an amazing job floor is yours my friend where can our listeners find you yep you can follow me on twitter at real alex Barth, and check out my work on 985thesportshub.com uh, at call it podcast on twitter if you want to listen to that I just mentioned we did a Patriots uh, preview this week, and then we have a, a recap of NFL Week 2. And I'll throw in, because you keep mentioning this David Andrews piece. I know this won't be out for a little bit, but if you want to look, I'm actually going to tweet it back out right now. So if you look on my timeline on Twitter, again, that's real Alex Barth at around noon. You can find that piece on David Andrews and what the Patriots' options are if and when he can't go. Absolutely. And Alex, thank you so much for taking the time out to join me today. Stay safe, stay well, enjoy the 
game on Sunday. We always look forward to your coverage. Forward to having you back on Locked On Patriots again soon to break on more of what the Patriots, uh, you know, continue to do in this tumultuous 2020 season. Thanks again, my friend, and talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. And so, Patriots fans, there you have it. News breaking today during my conversation with Alex Barth of 98.5 The Sports Hub that Patriots center David Andrews is likely out for Sunday's contest against the Las Vegas Raiders. Of course, I caution, at the time I'm recording this podcast, we're going by Glazer's report and the final injury and practice participation report for the Patriots has yet to be published. I will note that shortly after Alex brought Jay's report to my attention during our discussion, Mike Giardi of the NFL Network tweeted out that Glazer had confirmed that David Andrews had indeed had surgery to repair a broken knuckle. At the time, he was attempting to snap with his offhand, and although it's likely that Andrews will be out on Sunday, it is yet to be officially confirmed, and at least for the time being, it doesn't appear to be an injury that's going to keep him out for a long period of time. So some good news there, folks. But for this weekend, the Patriots will be left to pick up the pieces, and without David Andrews, it will make moving the ball on offense that much more difficult. Don't forget, the Patriots also continuously listed Julian Edelman and Nikhil Harry on their injury report this week, Edelman with the knee and Harry with the ankle. Now, both gave it a go last week, and I expect the same this week. I think it's very noteworthy that both of these guys are playing at less than 100%. Also, added to the injury report on Thursday were two rookies who I expect will have a big role for the Patriots if both are healthy, and they are safety Kyle Duggar, who was listed with an ankle injury, and linebacker Josh Uche, who had been removed from the injury report on Wednesday, back on on Thursday with a foot injury. That could be noteworthy heading into the weekend. Duggar is expected to see time defending tight end Darren Waller, and of course, Uche's presence would be very welcomed in that linebacking core, which looked overmatched at times last week against the Seattle offense. And as I said in my discussion with Alex Barth earlier, the Patriots are going to need to do two things in order to hope to contain Josh Jacobs. One is to set the edge and allow the interior of the defensive line to stop Josh Jacobs at the point of attack. You heard Alex point out that if Jacobs gets any room to maneuver, he's awfully difficult to contain. The other area where they need to improve is help in the middle, especially at the middle linebacker position. The Pats simply allowed too much running up the gut when it came to the Seattle Seahawks. I look for them to go heavier in their packages this week, allow Juwan Bentley to be the run stuffer he's meant to be. That may mean increased action for guys like Brandon Copeland, Anthony Jennings, maybe even someone like Cash Malloway to come out and help on the inside. Bottom line, the Patriots are going to need a stout performance from their front seven if they want to have any chance of shutting down a very potent ground attack by the Las Vegas Raiders. In the passing game, Derek Carr has been out to a pretty quick start, but one way to help to contain him is to pressure him, and to pressure him quickly. One of the big keys to success for Derek's game thus far has been checking the ball down, but if you can get pressure on him pretty quickly, quick enough to limit the checkdown abilities, he has been known to struggle a little bit, and maybe the Patriots can force him into making a mistake. That means less opportunities for Derek to utilize the weapons that he has on offense, guys like tight end Darren Waller and also wide receiver Henry Ruggs. Also, pressure of that type on the quarterback will help to limit the rushing attack. If Carr doesn't have the ability to get set and get comfortable, he may not be so apt to turn around and try to hand the ball off or get Josh Jacobs involved in the running attack. On the bright side for the Pats, they have been one of the better teams in the league at getting pressure on the quarterback. According to Pro Football Reference, and I thank my man Bern Buckmasser of Pats Pulpit of SB Nation for this tidbit, the unit has either sacked, hit, or hurried passers on 32.4% of plays. That's fourth best in the league. 
Chase Winovich especially has been getting pressure on the quarterback, got a lot of pressure on Russell Wilson on Sunday. I look for that to continue this Sunday against the Raiders. Last but certainly not least, I look for tighter and more physical coverage from the secondary, especially at the cornerbacks. Big question is whether or not Stephon Gilmore is going to be matched up on Darren Waller. As Alex and I discussed, I think Gilmore is going to draw Henry Ruggs on the early downs. He'll flex to Waller on third down to keep him from being that third down weapon. That will likely mean that if Kyle Duggar is healthy, he and Juwan Williams will likely share the duties of covering Waller early on. Flipping to the offensive side of the ball, once again, we know that the absence of David Andrews will force the Patriots to amend their game plan slightly. Andrews is simply able to provide a level of protection on that O-line that none of his backups are going to be able to provide, whether it's James Ferentz, Yelda Froholt, or whether David actually ends up suiting up in this game and playing at less than 100%, Pats are going to likely need to focus more on that downhill run attack. That starts with Cam Newton. It will require that guys like Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead, even J.J. Taylor step up and provide some help in the running game. For those of you wondering about James White, no official status has been listed yet, but I would say he's highly unlikely to go, considering the bereavement and the fact that his mother is still in the hospital. Leads me to believe that he's with his family right now, exactly where where he should be, and I wouldn't count on seeing him on the field on Sunday. With that being said, the Patriots may look to their wide receivers for short intermediate passes, hoping that at some point they might be able to test a largely unproven Raiders secondary. I think Cam will once again spread the wealth in that department, looking for Julian Edelman, Damir Bird, Jacoby Myers, and of course he's going to look for Nikhil Harry. I expect Harry to be one of his more targeted receivers on Sunday. That won't be easy because Las Vegas does have some talent in that defensive backfield, especially Damon Arnett, Trayvon Mullen, LaMarcus Joyner. At the safety position, Jonathan Abram is a tough cover, as well as Eric Harris. If the Patriots have success in the passing game on Sunday, It'll be because they were able to neutralize the front seven of the Las Vegas Raiders, particularly Malik Collins, Jonathan Hankins, Clellan Farrell, and Max Crosby, who has had a very quiet season so far, despite being a player that the Raiders were counting on to get pressure on the quarterback. And in the final analysis, I think this is where the Patriots have the upper hand in this matchup. I believe that the Patriots' offense will win more battles with the Raiders' defense than the Raiders' offense will win battles with the Patriots' defense. Don't get me wrong, I think the Raiders will put up points. They're a very talented team and definitely have the wherewithal to come into Foxborough and pull off the win. But at the end of the day, I like the way the Patriots are going to be able to put up points on this Raiders defense, whether it be through the air or through the ground. I say, much like you saw in Week 1 against the Miami Dolphins, the Patriots utilize the zone option reads, they utilize play action to open up the running game, and we see a bit of a resurgence for the New England Transit Authority. And I have the New England Patriots coming out on top in this Week 3 contest against the Las Vegas Raiders by a final score of 34-24. to So there you have it, Patriots Nation. My prediction is that your New England Patriots will move to 2-1 on the 2020 NFL season. What's your game prediction? Have I overestimated the Patriots' offense? Have I underestimated the Raiders' defense? and vice versa. As always, I'd love to hear your thoughts, so be sure to drop me a line at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-F-P-C or reach out to the Locked On Patriots Twitter account at L-O underscore Patriots. Of course, be sure to catch my live in-game analysis on Twitter, and of course, be sure to tune into Locked On Patriots on Monday where we'll recap all of Sunday's action and we'll see how right or wrong I was in my assessment. So to ensure that you do not miss a single episode of Locked On Patriots, Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. Subscribe to Locked On Patriots on Google Podcasts. Just make sure you're staying locked into Locked On Patriots. 
Once again, my name is Mike DeBate. I thank Alex Barth for his time, his insight, and his appearance on today's pod. But most of all, I thank you so much for listening and for making Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. Until Monday, Patriots Nation, stay safe, stay well, always be the change you wish to see in the world, have a great weekend, and enjoy the game on Sunday.